Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Wild Coker. How you doing tonight, Catherine? <laughs> good. Uh, well, considering, I'm good. Yeah. You? Well, good in the sense that we survived week one of quarantine. We survived. We're here. Our family is healthy, and we haven't killed each other. Definitely have not killed so, each other. Haven't killed a kid yet. Which so you know, far, so far, so good. I've been watching the kids pretty much all day, every day. So the odds of a kid being killed, decent. And I beat the odds. So I'm pretty happy about that. I would say congratulations, except I you would... You kill me. Yeah. So, um, so far, okay. Yeah, Here so far, are. so good. Yeah. What a week. I'm sure everyone is dealing with something uh, unusual in their lives. We're dealing with multiple factors. Look forward to getting into those later in the episode. But this is episode 25 of The Long Finish. Thank you to everyone for listening in. There's some new listeners out in the world. Thank you for joining us. We're a podcast where we talk about wine, new bottle of wine each week, and talk about our kids and the things we do at Esther's Wine Shop and Bar in Santa Monica, California. And we made it. 25 episodes. Quarter of a century. What's our end game? I have no idea. Do you have any idea? Not sure. Till we're bored of each other? Till death to us part? Yeah, exactly. Well, we're taping this on Sunday night. It's a rainy Sunday night in Los Angeles. It's a perfect night to cozy up. I was just going to say, the reality is, like, who knows what night it is? Like, yeah. Who, it, who really cares? Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night? No one really knows. Same. It's the same now. There's no... Yeah. There's no sports on to tell me what day of the week it is. I've Nobody's no, driving no to work. No jobs, you know, out there. Well, you've got a job. Yeah. We'll get into that more. But great episode in store. This is the first episode where we actually announced a few of the wines in advance. So some of you went out and bought this wine, and there's an opportunity going forward the next few weeks during this national quarantine that we'll be under. We'll announce the wines ahead of time, and you can go ahead and grab a bottle at Esther's or grab something similar at your local wine store and drink along with us. So, Catherine, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight we're drinking the Prunus. This is a red wine from Portugal, from the Dao region, and the vintage is 2016. It's a red blend of indigenous grape varietals from Portugal, Hayen, Tintorariz, Alfrochiero, and other varietals. So if you know a lot about that, you're going to love this episode. And if you don't, you're going to learn. It's going to be and fun. You're going to love the episode too. I'm excited about it because we're going to talk a little bit about how Catherine tastes wines when she tastes them with people coming in. This is a cool way for a lot of you out there to sort of getting out of your brain and getting more into the tactile, the sensory feelings and thoughts about wine, which we all need to do in this sort of time when we're all cooped up in our houses and apartments and wherever else you are. Yes, I want to talk about tasting wine as sensory experience. Not tasting wine like for the quartermaster sommeliers where you have to hit certain marks and no technical things. Yes, I will talk about some of that tonight, but I want to talk about tasting wine, just the experience of it and how to do it. So it's something anyone can do, and this is a perfect time to get really good at it. Like I said, we also be trying to develop a new skill during this time and maybe um, learning to deepen your knowledge and appreciation for wine is the skill that you all out there are picking up. But you speak of sensory enhancements. Let's talk about the week that we just had. Like it hit all the senses. I mean, we were all hands on deck. I The metaphor or analogy that I've been using is that I'm in an elevator and it's just a free fall. 
<laughs> and I don't know where the elevator is going to. I know it's going to stop somewhere, but I do not know where. What floor you're getting? Yeah. Off what of floor it. am I getting off on? It's where? The how? Pet floor. How long am I in this elevator? That's what I've sort of been envisioning. I'm just in an absolute free fall right now. And just to get into it a little bit, we talked about it last episode because of the California restaurant shutdown, moving to delivery or curbside only. Catherine's been in the restaurant at Esther's for most of the week. I mean, not for most, for all of the week. And I've. Because entertainment businesses, no one's making shows right now. I'm just been at home watching the kids the entire day. And I love my kids. But at the end of the day, I'm guzzling wine. I'm guzzling <laughs> booze. What like, time to, will you be home? Dude, I text that every day at 3.30. Like, you said 4 o'clock, right? 4 o'clock. I mean, shout out to parents that stay at home and raise their kids. My mom did it. Shout out to single parents. Like, I have a whole new appreciation. I've always appreciated it, but like, as I do it, and I'll continue to do it for the next few weeks, unbelievable appreciation. These kids are crazy people. Kids are just crazy people. No regards for human life. Jump around my neck, jump on things, eat whatever. It's just pure silliness. So, we'll talk about Esther's in a second, but just talking about the parental part of the show, that has been... As exhausting as anything I've done in the past year or so. So it's craziness. So, And I am so appreciative of you doing it. Well, thank you. And every episode we recap how we did on tonight's performance and putting the kids to bed. And I, and I just want to go ahead and skip ahead a little bit and say, you know, our performances on getting kids to bed the last few episodes have been good. So let's just talk about the rest of the night. <laughs> it's the rest of the night that's the problem. The bedtime is perfect. We can't keep the kids perfect. asleep is yeah. the problem, guys. Yeah, exactly. 7 p.m., to really midnight is just usually so fine. But then the baby is just like, last night he was just up, just wanted to hang from like 12.30 to 2. I had him on the couch trying to cuddle. Like, it's just, he won't take no The night before, I, he was, yeah, he was a full walk around, just hang in an absolute hangout. I was trying to sleep on the couch. This kid already has the personality of, I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. But we see it in the middle of the night, and it scares me because all we want to do is just get some sleep. 11 to 5, 11 to 6. And he has some bad skin issues, so we deal with a lot of eczema, and he scratches himself and will cut himself at night. So that's a problem that we're constantly dealing with. But kid doesn't want to sleep. He, he just sleep. doesn't. He just wants and he's so excited when you go in there. But then the crying is just too much. I don't know. You know, we've never figured out the perfect answer. So we just night after night battle it out. And our three-year-old, who will tell you himself, but he's three and three quarters. He comes and sleeps with us almost every night now. But it's been getting to be later. Like, he used to come in at like, you know, one or two. Recently, he's been coming in at like four or five, yeah. which is definitely better. It is better. Problem is, he still is like a heat-seeking missile. He likes to sleep near a body. It's usually my body. He's usually sleeping on t- right, right, right on top of my head as a pillow, and he just sleeps wherever he wants. Well, he's also like helicopters. You know, he helicopters yes. in the bed. So maybe we should start taping this show like at four a.m. Just That's giving exactly people right. like a we're we're up. Okay, here's how it's going so far. Here's what we've done tonight. Yeah, we're up. So that would be easy to do. Definitely. But anyway, been a crazy week at home. Now let's transition to what's going on at Esther's. We had some heated energy between the two we of us. We saved that for off air, but it's been a trying week. And, you know, we have just had some heated discussions. What's interesting about this week, it, and it's part of what I love about the oddity of this time, which is, again, everyone stay safe, but I'm intrigued by how everyone's natural rhythms and habits are being broken up. And ours are being broken up in real time. Like, who's watching the kids? Who's doing the food? Who's got the kids during this hour? What's the new schedule? Like, that's part of the elevator analogy that I'm talking about. Like, I don't have a schedule right now. I'm not able to work on any of the things that I want to work on. 
And so I think some of that times it just comes to a head between you and I. And we, we had a, a heated discussion tonight. Of course, we love each other, so it's we move past it. But you're building a new business model on the fly at Esther's right now. We're learning. There's no part of the dine-in service. So we're learning about what how to strengthen retail. And you're doing things at home that you haven't done regularly and like... I want to help with that, but I can't. I want to take control of some of that stuff. I can't because I'm working and it's just all new. It's just crazy all new. Everyone's talking about how there's going to be a baby boom with coronavirus. But I ask you this. How many divorces are going to come out of yeah, coronavirus? Yeah, seriously, honestly. You better love the I, person that you're quarantined with. I know. With. I mean, thank God we do have great communication. But I heard someone on the radio today as I was driving to work and she was like, you know what? I'm so sick of my family, basically. Like, this is too much. And I was like, I'm not sick of my family, but like, I'm also the one who's at work. I'm definitely sick of my family, too. (laughs) I'm the one who's at work, so. Well, the thing I took away, yesterday I I met two friends who were picking up wines at Esther's and I met them in the parking lot for a beer in the parking lot where we marked off seven feet and did sh- sidewalk chalk uh, with circles to kind of keep our social distance. But it was such a pleasure to see an adult human being, which is something that you get working with two other people. Yeah, in, in the, and I feel that. Esters. I feel for you because you are a more social person than I am anyway. So, like, to see people talk to someone. I mean, I do see, you know, like, about one person comes in an hour at Esther's and I work with to other people and sometimes other people that I work with in the executive team come by. But yeah, that's like one person I got to say, hey, how's it going? Yeah. How's your life? How are you, you dealing know, with like, this? You know, like I hear different stories from different people. So I do have that connection in my day. And you don't as much unless you're talking to someone, a friend on the phone or yeah. online. And that's hard. So how's the synopsis of Esther's been this week for you? What's What's been going on? And what's the what's the change on the fly been like for you? So thank God people are buying wine. They want A, something to do, B, to relax and let out some stress, you know, and just chill at home because they're home all the time. And I've had a lot of amazing regular customers, amazing friends, like get in touch with us, come in, call, want their wines picked up for curbside, delivery, shipped, all that. And that's been so wonderful to see, like the community you know, coming around. And I hope, I hope, I hope it continues. And I think it will because people do want comfort and they do want a little escape during this time and to relax and wine can do that. But I also think something special is wine tasting. And I'm not talking about like a technical tasting where you're going through a grid and and you're not being tested on if you're right or wrong. I'm talking about really, really tasting wine. And I think that that's a practice that I do all the time and other sommeliers do, but I want to like bring it to other people. So I want to take this time to do that with this wine because not only do you really discover a wine in a new way and get pleasure out of it and really are able to evaluate it, but this is such a crazy time when people are in their heads so much. And tasting wine is a chance to get out of your own brain, pay attention to something and experience something through your senses. And my amazing Aunt Amy gave me this book called New Self, New World, Coming to Our Senses in the 21st Century by Philip Shepard, which is like very intense. So read it if you're in for that. But if you're in for that, it's amazing about getting out of your head 
and getting into your body and the whole philosophy and philosophical reasons that that's what being alive is about. Let's just transition into that right now and let's recap what the wine is and let's go into how you would taste this wine when you're introduced to a new wine. So the name of this wine is Prunus. It's from the Goto Winery and it's a red blend from the Dao region of Portugal. All Portuguese varieties. It's vintage 2016 and before I say anything else about where it's from or the story or any of that we're going to taste the wine and what I'm going to go through with you tonight you Tug and anyone listening is what I do for any wine 101 class this is just basics and I wanted to choose this wine because I think it's better that we don't have a predetermined idea of what the wine will taste like so choosing a wine from grapes people aren't generally familiar with a region people don't know like the back of their hand is a great place to start because you're very open to what the wine will be so the first part is how do we taste and the first thing I have in my notes is slow down and pay attention so Here you go. So you're going to start to build a library of wines in your memory. And the best way of comparing and understanding wines is to slow down, pay attention, and taste each wine. So first, we're going to look at the wine. You look at the color because that has hints about the wine's age or what grape variety it is. First of all, we can tell this is a red wine. And we're looking at the color, various ranges of red. Red wine, purple, ruby, garnet. A reddish orange brown. This, w- I would say, is pretty purple. Sometimes you see people put the wine up against like a white sheet of paper. Exactly. Is that correct? Yeah, they put it against a white background. I do that as well. Just so if you're doing the same thing for yeah, every contrast. wine, you have kind of a base. And then what I also do is look, try to look at something through the wine to see if I can see through the wine or not. So I usually choose my wedding ring. Can I see yeah, it? Yeah, you do. <laughs> Yeah, We're do. married. Can I see the ring through this wine or not? Is it transparent or opaque? I cannot see my ring. This is opaque. It's a very, very deep purple. Maybe the rim is ever so slightly magenta, but it's pretty purple all the way through. Would you say? I would agree. Okay, and now we're going to one of the favorite parts, which is swirling. No, don't smell it yet. Oh, sorry. See, this is what people always want to rush. <laughs> They're like, I want to taste it. And you're like, no, no, no. We're yeah. still looking at it, Good people. Point. Good point. Take your time. So now you're going to swirl your glass and see how the wine sticks on the glass. When we talk about legs, that's that residual that's around the glass and when they, the little tears come down, do they come down fast? Do they come down slow? Are they big? Are they fat? Are they tiny and lots of them? Are they coming down in sheets? When they're big and slow, that means usually more alcohol or more residual sugar. When they're sheeting or fast, it's usually less alcohol, less structure, less sugar. You see them coming down now after we've waited a bit. I would say this is about medium. They're not taking forever. They're not sheeting. That's kind of medium body. And when you swirl your wine, it does two things, right? It does show the viscosity of the wine. Does it also help aerate the wine? Yes, exactly. The longer it's in your glass, the longer it's exposed to oxygen, the longer you have the bottle open, the, the wine is evolving. So as you said earlier tonight, like this wine is, we opened this before we started the podcast, but 
this wine has gotten better and better as it's been open. So yeah, as that'd it's be a recommendation. In, yeah, that would be a recommendation for open this wine. it an hour early. Yeah, and then start drinking it and drink we'll it post slowly. This. We'll post this on Instagram story to open it before like for an hour before you yeah. taste it. Because all these different flavors and texture of the wine changes, it just kind of eases out. Okay, so now we know this is a red wine with a deep deep purple color it's opaque and it has i would say it looks like it's medium plus viscosity now we're ready to put our nose in there finally take your time don't you drink it now we call it the nose rather than the smell okay technically Uh, sometimes i say smell but smell accounts for 85 percent of what we taste we can we can smell like ten thousand things but taste five so this is the most important thing also, you were talking before about the swirling. Not only is it for the viscosity, but it also is volatizing the esters. It releases the flavor elements attached to the alcohol molecules in the wine. So yeah, there is a reason that people swirl their glass and then put their nose in it. And which is also the reason we call it esters. The double entendre of exactly. our store is esters. And let's just say that why that's called esters. Yeah, esters are the compounds in wine and other things too that hold all the aromas. When you swirl your glass, you release the esters. But esters also, we chose the name because it sounded like a woman's name. It could be someone in your family, your aunt, your grandma. grandma. And we like that familial reference as well so now we're putting our nose in there and we can talk about the things that we're going to smell in two categories fruit and then we'll talk about non-fruit stuff so first fruit i'm smelling black cherry and when i talk about the fruit i talk about like the quality of the fruit so is it an unripe black cherry is it a, a ripe black cherry is it an overripe black cherry is it black cherry jam what kind of black cherry are we talking about here first of all it smacks a black cherry right to the face and i think it's ripe i would say ripe black cherry super ripe and i also get other red fruit like raspberry like a raspberry jam it is jammy cassis which is which is like a black currant liqueur there's some stewy element too I'm just gonna say the same thing a stewy black plum not prune but the fruit is stewy and jammy i would say and very ripe so we have plum we have cherry we have raspberry at least i like to get three maybe you'll answer this question later but if you had to blind this would you think this was old world well, I can't possibly say that just based on the nose. We're not there yet, are we? No. Yeah, yeah. You hey, are just jumping I know. the Listen, gun. I'm, I'm Johnny Jump Ahead. Listen, this takes time, people. It does. See, you got to chill down. I represent the world. Smell the roses. I represent the world right now, not the, you know, not the pros. Okay, now we're going to talk about stuff that's not fruit. Okay, so put your nose in there again. Or we'll talk about floral, spices, herbs, minerals. Talk to me. What are you getting? I personally, I mean, this is a fruit-driven wine to me. It is, but there's other stuff too. I get flowers. Kind Maybe a... some like red flower or purple flower. I get some kind of like dried earth. Something kind of like a little burnt. I get chocolate. I get spices as well. I get cinnamon. Yeah, you see cinnamon. I was thinking clovish. Clove. Like clove. Yeah. Maybe a little coffee, like coffee bean. Okay, and then what about wood? Do I smell any oak? And I would say, yeah, some oak. 
And what's an indicator for oak? Well, it can be those spices we talked about. Yeah. You know, that's really what's kind of giving it to me. That's cinnamon and clove and it's that warm little bit of toastiness. Okay. Finally. Now it's time. I'm just sitting here like rattling my knees. This is how it always is with the class. I'm like, people take your time. <laughs> Who has more time than now? Exa- We're all stuck that's in what our I'm homes. saying. And you know what? The better quality of wine you have, the more descriptors you will have, the more intriguing this process will be. It's like about sitting down and paying attention to something. Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting into the palate. We call this the palate rather than the taste. So we're going to talk about first, we're going to take a sip and I'm going to ask you a question. So go ahead. Do you notice the same flavors as you did on the nose? If not, how are they different? Well, here's what I like about this wine. To me, it doesn't have the ripeness on the palate that it does on the nose. That is what tells you old world. That's interesting. When the palate is more underripe than the nose, you know it's old world. That means you know it's from Europe, essentially. France, Spain, Italy, Portugal, somewhere. And that's the pleasure of of this wine because I feel like if you were to have the ripe nose, jamminess of the nose on the palate, you'd be like, I want to have a glass and that's it. Yeah, it would be too syrupy. Yeah. But that it delivers all that in the nose, but the palate is, I would say it still has the black cherry, but the black cherry is more like just slightly underripe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The raspberry is very ripe raspberry, but there's a little bit of cherry juice to it too. Like that, the tartness that you get with a black cherry juice, if you ever just buy it without having a lot of sugar in it, that like little bit of tartness, this has that too. Okay. So we found that out. Now we're going to talk about the structure. So first, the body, the richness, the heaviness, the weight in the mouth. So I think about this, um, like I think about milk. How is the weight in the mouth? Is it like skim milk? Is it like 2% milk? Is it like whole milk? I think this is kind of a 2%er. You know, it has that weight up front, but the finish is lean. It doesn't have that richness on the finish. So what does 2% equate to in one? Medium body. Medium. Yeah, and, and usually a wine that has more body is like a warmer climate or sugar and oak and concentration also contribute to body. Then we're talking about tannins, only in red wine, obviously. But tannins are that feeling, in drying sensation in your mouth. They're those things in your teeth, in your gums that you feel if you overbrew a tea that's rich in tannins. So take one more sip and feel your gums and feel it now too. I would yeah. say... Mild, mild to medium. Yeah, medium. Because you feel them, but they're not intense. They're pretty mild and they're pretty elegant. And tannins contribute to the structure, the texture, and the ageability of a wine. A wine with a lot of tannins can age well. For example, Barolo. So then we have acid. Acid's that feeling of tingling, stinging on the sides of your tongue. Also like your mouth watering and you want to drink more, you want to eat more. I think of sucking on a lemon. Like did you suck on it for just a second or are you you eating that lemon? And I would say this is kind of medium as well. I agree. And acid comes from the grapes themselves. It depends on the climate, the grape variety. What about sweetness? Sweetness is the amount of sugar left in the wine. Sometimes sweetness masks 
high acid or alcohol, but it balances a wine. I don't have any sweetness with this wine. No. And then alcohol, which is sometimes connected to the viscosity or the body. If it really is out of balance or high alcohol, you feel a burning sensation in the back of your palate, the back of your throat. And we talk about wines that have that are wines that are hot when it's out of balance. But I don't feel that here. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Well, what was the percentage? 13% alcohol. Yeah. So our conclusion is that this is a medium bodied medium tannin, medium acid, and alcohol is in balance. Now we can talk about the overall quality of the wine or the assessment. And I would say this is a lovely wine, totally in balance. It's not incredibly complex, but it's absolutely pleasurable and enjoyable and it has a lot of notes on the nose but the palate is still a little bit fresh and a little bit lighter which makes you want to drink more a great wine for these times perfect wine for these times we're on the comfort wine stage right now absolutely and this is delivering i think also at the end what i am always thinking is as a buyer what category can i put this in and who wants to buy this So that's what I think too. But if you're at home and you're tasting a wine, now you just built your library. You just really took the time with that wine. You will remember it because you spent 10 minutes on it. Imagine if you open a bottle of something really special and you spent 30 minutes on it, just tasting it, really just tasting it. When I used to do tastings in tasting groups and such, it was amazing because at the end of it, you thought, wow, How did two hours go by? You know, it's like you're really reading a great book. You know, you're really just paying attention to something. And I think that when we have that, the time and space to do that with your senses, it's just, it's really rewarding. I'm into wine, so of course I'm going to say that. Well, I always say that the wine is the mix of art and science, which is what I like about wine because people are very meticulous about how they make it, but there is an art to it. There's a true art to it, and I I really appreciate that. So, And speaking of art, let's talk a little bit about the winemaker and the story behind the the wine and probably another reason why you fell in love with this wine. Yes, I like it so much. So the name of the winery is Gota, and it was started by a woman named Natalia Jessa. Portuguese woman and her husband, who's a winemaker, the winemaker, Luis Siebra. And they started in 2010. She was the buyer for a big grocery chain in Europe. And she wanted to get out of that and start making Portuguese wine. And so working with her husband, who's a winemaker, and they work with different growers throughout Portugal to really find vineyards and make wines that represent different areas of Portugal for great value. And Portugal has for many, many years been totally underrated for its wines that are not Port or Madeira. And so there's really an opportunity to showcase what Portugal can do. And she saw that. So this is from the Dow. Um, which is kind of in the middle of Portugal. It's below Douro, where we know a lot of port comes from there. But it's a little bit higher altitude and it snows in the winter and grapes are closer to the sun. It's quite sunny where um, where they are. And it's a little bit lighter in general. The Dow is, the red wines from the Dow are lighter. How do you Dow? D-A with a little squiggly over it. Yep, D-A squiggle. And then O. And this is the main grape in this, even though it's a blend, is Hayen, which is also known as Mencia. 
in Spain. I don't know if we've tasted a Mencia. We have. We have. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Mencia can range. Um, or maybe we talked about it. I with think the, we uh, did. With, with the, Sp- with the uh, Spanish. Laura Lorenzo. Yes, Because it was a, a rosé. Um, Mencia can be like Pinot Noir in a sense, but really more mineral driven. And it can be lighter like Pinot Noir or it can be more robust. So this would be on the more robust side of Mencia. And that's it. Really, it's just great region for producing beautiful red wine that's heavy and not heavy at the same time i think and another reason i like the wine is because it's the value you get the right value. it's delicious and it's affordable so delicious it's so affordable it's something new it's mm-hmm. a region to explore and i will say this the one other plus that this has for it is the label is so beautiful it's got flowers on the label when a wine is like not super expensive and it has a beautiful label that is just a Big time bonus. You mentioned as a buyer that you're thinking about what category in which to put the wine. So where would you put the wine that we're having tonight? What kind of drinker is going to be looking forward to drinking this wine? Well, if I think about our categories at Esther's, for red wine, we have lovely light reds, fruit come first, earthy reds, and robust reds. I would put this in the fruit comes first category. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Like you said, it's not jammy on the palate. But it's absolutely like super fruity on the nose and the palate's a little fresher. That's how I'd say it. And we're excited about this wine because this is the first time we've announced the wines in advance for the next few weeks. So there's been a few of you out there. Thank you to all of you who sold out the first range of three that we're doing the next three weeks who are drinking this wine with us. So maybe tonight they're drinking of the wine with a pairing of food. What are some food pairing thoughts that you have in mind for this one? Well, it would be great with that pork tenderloin that you made the Thank other you. night that was I'd like to excellent personally invite everyone over to our apartment to enjoy this pork tenderloin that i got from my mother but you'll have to <laughs> sit six feet away you have to sit six feet away and you'll have to know that you can just look online because i got the I got the recipe from my mother who got the recipe from her best friend ina garten who is not really her best friend you can just <laughs> go on the website and check it out but i love the recipe yes yeah, so a pork tenderloin what else I mean, I think it would be great with turkey meatloaf. I think it would be great with... That's cool. Yeah, it makes sense. Some kind of poultry, but not just basic. I mean, it's fine with roast chicken, but I'm trying to think of other poultry that are more comfort dishes that it would be great with. Honestly, I think it would be great with like a burger, maybe something with spices in it as well because it doesn't have the tannins. So like a spicy lamb burger could be kind of yummy with this. I think smoked flavors would go really well. Smoked flavors. Okay. I also Maybe am a barbecue even could, could, could Ooh, be good. I definitely think you could do barbecue with this. Yeah. I think it could go in that Syrah world. Okay, that's interesting. I was also just thinking, you know, in my own head about what I love, you know, that... Bean <laughs> stew. Yeah, but if we're talking about different kinds of beans, this is more of a bla- spicy black bean yeah. soup. My grandmother would have loved... Now that we're in the quarantine age, we have the time to think about the different beans. Differentiate our beans. You're thinking pinto, refried, black. Oh, boy. We have so much time on our hands now. So let's enjoy our wine. Take the time to enjoy the wine. And speaking of the wine, if you can't get this wine, which we're getting more of, I think, at Esther's, which we'd love for you all to get. If you have we a are chance. getting more. Absolutely. But if, you, if you're not in the area, thoughts on how you could get this wine 
in other regions or wines similar to this? Well, I think a lot of stores would have a Portuguese red. And I think that's a fun region to explore. It's a great region for value. It's a great region for exploring other grape varietals that you haven't tried before or heard of. Of course, we know Vino Verde is a great white from Portugal, but the reds are very underrated and you can find tons of value there. So yeah, go for it. And now we come to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. Catherine, you want to go first? Well, yes. I would say I have been seeing friends and Instagram people I follow all going back to books that they love in this time. And in that vein, I am reading a new book, but a nod to an old book as well. I'm reading Olive Again by Elizabeth Strout. And I just loved, loved, loved her first book. Olive Kittredge, and I am love, love, loving the sequel, Olive Again. She writes about people in this, particularly these people who live in Maine in just the most specific way. It is so refreshing, and you feel like you're in the room with them, and it's a a fabulous book, very well written, and a wonderful place to be other than When I'm not worrying about the world I'm in right now, I like to be with Olive Kittredge. It is cool to see people get back into books during this time. It is that the comfort things are coming out again, and books are one of those. Records. Yeah, records for sure. We have records playing in there, right? For me, I'm going to go to, we mentioned this earlier about seeing adults in the world. And I haven't seen many this week because I'm with my two kids, but I've been able to go to Whole Foods as I mentioned in the last episode a couple of times. And, you know, there's a couple employees that work in the Whole Foods or the 365 in our area that are so nice and so friendly. And, you know, people, you see some people shining a light on these workers who are still having to go to work. And I'm just here to shine a light as well. They've been, there's one lady in particular who I don't know her name, and I need to just take the time to do that. She used to work at another Whole Foods that I used to go to on 5th Street in Wilshire. She moved over to the one closer to us. She always chats with me. I think she was like the head of the the Whole Foods in the area. And I went to Vegas once and I came back and I told her and she we were talking about gambling and blackjack and craps and just had the great a great time. And, you know, I just want to send a special shout out to the people that are doing the tasks at uh who are still working around people and taking risks. And I think I need to take the time to get to know these people by name, even though we talk in person and it's my my mother is very good at this, who has been able to talk to the people that work in the UPS, the postmen, the the food and beverage people of the in Fredericksburg and I need to be better at that here too. And I try, but I just need to know the names and take that time. So shout out to the people working in all these groceries and things like that right now. It's it's pretty uh it's honorable and brave. Yeah, so that's my shout out. That's episode 25, folks. Episode 25, quarter century of the long finish is in the books. Thank you for listening to what we think is a technical episode, but a lot of fun as you're trying to enjoy some of the wines that we're providing for the next few weeks in advance. We want you to drink with us. We all need some comfort. We all need some escape. Let's try to learn something. So we're trying to do that here at the long finish. Please contact us on social media if you have any questions want to know about the wines how to get the wines or any other ideas on what wines we're going to present in the future you have suggestions let us know Catherine, where can they find you and the long finish on social media you can find me at Catherine wild coker on instagram and Catherine wild coker on facebook and you can find the long finish at the long finish on instagram and the long finish on facebook 
You can find The Long Finish on Twitter at TLFpod. You can find me at Tug Coker on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again to everyone for listening. If you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to the show at this time, it's great for us to know that you're still out there listening to the show. And thank you to everyone for contributing to Esther's and all the small businesses across the country. It's so important this time to show small businesses in your area that you love them that you're behind them whether that's with a gift card or through a food app or whatever you know walk in if you can by curbside by delivery it just it buoyed us this week to know that our community is behind us and we hope you'll continue to support us at esther's wine shop and bar thank you so much that's it we'll be back for episode 26 next week with an all-new episode until then stay alive stay safe wash your hands have a great week and happy day.